Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. Brian, what's going on? And John, you tell me. Hey, I just got off a call. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here shaking my head in disbelief. Uh, fellow was saying that he's concerned about his sales team because they're telling him they don't have enough information to make a call. What, what is going on? Have you heard anything like that? You know, I have, and I actually dug into this. It seems that 42% of sales reps feel they don't have enough information prior to even making a call. What's going 42%? on? 42%? That's almost half the sales reps out there. It's unreal. So let's, let's jump into this. This is really kind of interesting. I mean, when you, when you think about what does a sales rep really need to make a call, all right, let's, let's categorize it first, and, and then we can kind of, get, we can kind of dive into the, into the abyss with this. But what, what's really stopping them? from making a call. And I would, I would offer that there's really only um, two things. All right. One, they don't have the confidence, right? There's confidence missing. All right. And, and the other piece is they don't believe that they have credibility and, and they're kind of, uh, they're kind of tied together. So if that makes sense, let's talk about what the business owners can do to get alignment in this area and, and what areas they need to focus on from a training perspective. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I, I'll tell you, John, I'd love for, for both of us to figure this out because from what I'm hearing from certain business owners, they expect their reps to go out there and, and really ferret it out themselves and really do the research on their own. But as you know, John, there's nice to know information and need to know information. And apparently these reps aren't even getting the need to know information from their manager or from their sales training. Or do they not even understand what it is that they need? Do they not even understand what's holding them back? And, and, and I would suggest that, that that's a, a really good potential. Um, it is. I, mean, I, I remember years ago, I had a I had a sales manager, and he said, uh, "You got to go out and 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 you know get more leads, get more leads." And I said, "Great. Well, you've been in this business for you know fourteen years. Help me understand how you did it when you were a sales rep, or help me understand what the rest of the team is doing to go out and get more leads." He goes, "I don't know. Figure it out." Wow, great answer, huh? Great, well, great answer. I, I thought that was yeah, you know, very concise and to the point. But you know, if if I look at if I look at what kinds of things a sales rep needs to be focused on from a knowledge perspective in order to give them the confidence um, and, and in order for them to have credibility with the prospect. I'm just going to rattle off uh, six of them and then we can talk about them. They need to understand their own product. And we can talk about each of these in detail. Um, there are certain sales techniques that they need to understand on the prospecting side. They need to understand something about their competition. Not a whole lot, but something. They need to understand the market they need to understand what the common objections are that they're going to run into. And then they need to understand how deals were won or lost. And all of these things are part of what I think the organization needs to provide in order to get the whole organization aligned. It shouldn't be up to the salesperson to try to figure all of this out on their own. Does that make any sense? It does. And, and I want to expand on that. Just a question for you, John. Also, would you agree that learning how to ask the right questions to be able to uncover goals and challenges of your prospects so you can tie in your specific value proposition to their goals and their challenges, that could save them right there and they could give them a little bit of confidence to be able to share that need-to-know information, that product knowledge that they have. No, totally agree. And that's, that's part of that second bullet I mentioned, the sales. But I think even if you have somebody who understands how to prospect, who's relatively comfortable cold calling, there is going to be a certain reluctance if they don't have enough background information, 
so that they project confidence and that they believe they have credibility. Remember, the sales rep has to believe that they have credibility before they're willing to put their neck on the line. That's absolutely true. And I know a good sales process, you know, would kind of help with that. If there was a structured process for them to follow and they take everything piece by piece. But I agree with, with number one. I mean, in sales training, they should be covering every intricacy of the product so that they have a, uh, you know, many tools in their belt when it comes down to presenting to the prospect. And, and I would say that if, if somebody's starting out um, in an organization, this, this is not just for the sales reps, but this is for sales management, I would say that they don't have to understand every, every nuance of the product. Because again, most salespeople, most, should be selling to somebody who is trying to make a business or economic decision relative to the strategic goal or to the goal in front of them, as opposed to somebody who's trying to figure out, you know, what size drill bit to use. So if, if, you, if you take that approach, then from a product perspective, they really need to understand how this particular product or what aspect of their product is going to help the prospect achieve their goal, achieve whatever it is, is the difference between their current state and their future state. And that isn't always every aspect of the product. Now, here's another thing, John. So the 42% of the reps that feel they don't have enough information part of making call, I would love to know if, if that's in the qualification stage, if that's actually a sales call stage where you have an actual set meeting with somebody where you're going through discovery, you're going through your presentation, you know, overcoming objections. Uh, wish they got a little bit deeper with that stat. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, everywhere you go, uh, whether you find a, a stat as well-defined as, as what you just provided us or not, um, it, it's universally true that the two things that sales reps have the most trouble doing or just absolutely refuse to do is prospecting and follow-up. So my gut tells me that that stat is really focused on um, prospecting. It blows me away because if you know, like you mentioned, John, if you know the space, if you know, I mean, every, but we have a research that we can do. We can go on LinkedIn. We can go on a company page. We obviously you're connected to people who know people that you're trying to call. Uh, you know, you have a positive referenceable client, anything to get you that in the confidence should be there. Now, is this an individual thing, John, do you think it's confidence because we don't have enough information? We haven't been empowered to be able to do the job properly, or is it just us? We're just not confident people, meaning that these sales reps, and I know there's some stats behind it that people were intended to get into sales and now they're in sales. And of course, 1 million people are set to not be in sales by the end of this year. Is it just because we're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole? I think there's a certain amount of that. I tend to agree with you. But I also believe that sales is a process. And I don't think that even with all the sales training that's out there, I don't think that we do a very good job of helping the sales reps understand the process. We help them understand what we think is important about our product, but quite frankly, who cares what we think about our product, all right? We don't help them understand the motivations of the buyer. We don't help them understand how to do a justification in their head in most cases. So there's an awful lot that, uh, and you and I have talked about this before, it's not really the sales rep's responsibility to be completely self-sufficient and people that believe that it is, uh, I'll have to say it, but I have to say it on an open mic or delusional. They just don't get it, Brian. No, I okay. agree. I agree. You can't send you know, your, you know, you can't send a soldier into war with a slingshot. I mean, you have to prepare them properly, mentally, physically. I mean, it's everything. Same thing with the painter. You cannot just sit there. You have to give them the proper canvas, the proper paint, the proper atmosphere to paint the Mona Lisa. It's just how it goes. 
Well, I'll, and I'll, I'll abort completely a, a, an analogy that you would use. Um, you can't ask um, LeBron James to dribble down court with a football. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. He wouldn't be confident either, I, I, I take it. I don't think he'd be confident either, quite frankly. So, so some of the other things I think people, the, the sales management team needs to uh, kind of position is, is from a competitive perspective, you don't have to know everything about your competition, but how is your competitor positioning themselves? Because they're positioning themselves as a positive to the prospect, but they're also, whether they do it by design or not, positioning themselves against you. So what's your competitor saying? What's, what are they saying to that, to that prospect that you're trying to get a hold of? What are they saying from the perspective of why they should talk to you or shouldn't talk to you? How are they positioning themselves? You know, I talk a lot about uh, the discipline of market leaders, and there are only really three areas that you get to compete. It's either in, in, in a leading edge offering, it's in service, or it's in price. So how is your competition coming to market? Again, don't have to understand their product in detail, but you have to understand how they're positioning their value proposition. So when you position yours, you can make sure that you position it a way that you're not saying exactly the same thing as your competitor. Because how many times have you heard uh, customers or, or prospects say, you know, I listened to 10 of you guys and you all sound the same. Yeah, you have to have a differentiator, John. I know we hit on that earlier. You know, there's three steps, you know, resonate, substantiate, differentiate. We can get into that in another call, but differentiation is key when it comes to you and your competition. Right. And, and again, it's not, it's not up to the rep to, to figure that out on their own. As, as, as far as we're concerned, it's, it's, up to, it's up to sales management to either figure it out for them or to get somebody like us to, uh, to help them smooth out that broken cog. But let's, let's talk about a couple of others quickly. The, the market itself, what's going on in the market? What are their concerns? You know, uh, are there regulatory things that are going on the market? Are the political changes coming up? Um, what's the ecosystem like? You know, how do they distribute? How do they buy? Um, who are some of the players? You have to have some kind of sense of awareness of what's going on in the market. And again, the, the rep shouldn't be forced to figure that out on their own. That should be given to them. Um, one of the best ways to train sales reps I've ever found is to have them understand objections. Because if they understand objections, they start to understand what their potential prospect is thinking. So you get objections every day from the sales reps, collect them, codify them, stick them in one place, and, and let people um, benefit from them. Yeah, so those are just some of the things I think that, that people have to start to uh, take account yeah, invest in your talent, right? Like you say, have a share drive, right? Have collateral there. Have an FAQ file with the most common objections and have it where people can add to it when new objections come up or when somebody's able to overcome it with a new technique. Uh, get your team invested, right? I mean, this is a, a team sport. Even though it's an individual goal, we have team goals as well. But, uh, you know, ongoing role plays, sharpen your skills. I mean, we looked at a stat yesterday, right? 80 to 90% is lost within the first month, right? We're, our brains only retain a certain amount because it's not relevant to us. When we get on the phone, we forget these things. We got to freshen up. We got to keep ourselves sharp, John. And that's the responsibility of, you know, whoever is in charge of that department. I had a, uh, a systems engineer uh, many years ago who was my, my pre-sale support engineer. And this was back when uh, we would uh, basically kill people by doing death by PowerPoint. So uh, it was considered a badge of honor to walk into a meeting with 64 slides in your PowerPoint deck and, and watch people fall asleep. I'm only kidding, but it was pretty bad. And the, the sales engineer, who uh, was very good, he, he said to me once, he pointed out, which I hadn't thought about, he said, 
you know, there's really only a handful of things that the prospect cares about from your product perspective or from what you're trying to tell them. And then now again, he's not doing all of the business discussions he's doing. He's doing a product discussion. He said, so when you decide in your hour to an hour and a half presentation that you're going to convey that information to the prospect, stop. Put space. Maybe say something like, you're really going to want to pay attention to this or, hey, this is really important or even change your tone of voice. He said, and then tell them what it is you want to tell them. And when you get to the end of the presentation, if you quiz them, you're going to find that they remembered those three things. Smart. The show up and throw up simply doesn't work. And I have a feeling that not enough info to make a call notion or comment is coming from they don't understand how to segment the data. First, they don't have the data, but then they don't understand how to segment the data based upon importance and relevance to the prospect. That you hit on the head, John, period. I mean, I was, you'll never believe this. I mean, I'm not going to name names here, but an organization who was working with uh, T-Mobile, right, was their biggest client. And it was, hey, we're going to have a quarterly review and we were going to do a PowerPoint. Just as you mentioned, we're in that era where we want to do decks for everything. I have a, a two-second question. I'm going to give you a five-slide PowerPoint deck to answer, right? So, Talk about leadership, not knowing the space, not knowing their clients, not knowing anything about their prospects or competitors. It bleeds down to the staff, right? And also not listening to the staff when they bring these things up. But the PowerPoint deck was probably around 200 slides. I kid you not, 200 slides, probably a five-hour meeting. And I remember I was in the boardroom sitting next to uh, the, our chief contact over at T-Mobile. And I looked over at him and he was on social media, on Facebook, LinkedIn, not even listening to a word of it. So you're right. Understand what they want to hear, answer those questions, need to know, right? Versus nice to know. And if they have follow-up questions, you can go there, leave it open, right? For communication. But it just sh- goes to show John that sometimes hubris kills deals and it also kills organizations. Oh yeah, it, it definitely does. Cause, cause what's the cycle? What's the, what's the cycle that we're talking about? The less the deals, the more, the more they're made up, the more they're made up, the less credibility you have in your own organization, the less credibility senior management has, the more pressure they put on you, the more you start spinning downward and downward and downward. And we've seen way too many organizations get into that, get in front of the situation up front, understand it doesn't happen overnight and understand that if you want a winning team, if, if you want, you know, all 300 hitters, they have to practice and you have to get them coaches. It doesn't happen by itself. No, so absolutely. It's just, yeah. And that, Telling that's is a not selling, different subject. Telling is not selling, right? And Telling you, is not selling. A lot of these people don't <laughs> understand that concept. They just don't get it, right? They want to get up in front of an audience and say, okay, I'm obligated to meet with you people for 30 minutes on a Monday morning. And I want to go around the room and for you to tell me your sales stats, which I can already look in a CRM and see myself. I want you to tell me what you're working on, which I can already see myself. Nothing tangible. Then I'm going to get up there and give you some catch-all speech that uh, is going to be forgettable. You're going to forget about it as soon as you walk out the door. So that's, that's not managing, right? That's not coaching. That's not mentoring. That's not teaching. And you wonder why your sales team has churned. You wonder why 42% of them are confident for getting on the phone. And you wonder why your numbers aren't being hit. Well, it's not them. I hate to tell you. No, and I'll tell you, doing this for as long as I have, I have very rarely known sales reps that um, didn't make it at one organization that didn't turn around and then make it either at the next one or the one after that. So it, what it says is, you know, it's, it's, it's just like in, in professional sports. They hire you for your skills, but they also hire you for your ability to work within the program. And if you don't have a decent program, then how are you going to be successful? 
That's the key. The program is broken. You know, you are not going to succeed. And if and listen, if we don't learn from history, we are bound to repeat it, right? We're cursed to repeat it. It's time to change our hearts and minds, John. It's time for us to get out there and get to work and fix some of these cogs because there's many of them. And I'm excited to roll up my sleeves and, you know, bask in the glory and the fruit of our labor here. All right. So I got to call this guy back and tell him where to find the information to make his team make some calls. You know what? Do it and don't hold back, John. You got you know, you to give him a hard dose. You know what they said? Mary Poppins said a spoonful of sugar will help the medicine go down. Forget about it. Get, slap him right across the face with a hard dose of reality. Yeah, but you know what else they say? A nod is as good as a wink to a blind horse. And with that, I will leave you. John, I bid you adieu. Good luck and Godspeed. Later, Brian. Right. It was great spending time with you today. Maybe you liked what you heard. Maybe we sparked some controversy. Maybe we got you excited, but hopefully we got you thinking. Hey, we want to hear from you. If the topic resonated with you, if you have a comment, or if you have an issue you're serious about fixing, reach out to us today. Hey, Brian, how can they get in touch with us? Great question, John. Best ways email. Email us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we're going to help you make small adjustments that's going to lead to major impacts in your business and your revenue.